Welcome to Have Drink Me. I'm your host, Dylan Polniak, and joining me today is filmmaker Dan Doby. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, I asked you how you wanted to be introduced, and you gave me a lot of different things that I could say. Uh, bearded man, filmmaker, wrestling fan. I figured I'd start with filmmaker, and we can kind of dive into all of it a little bit. It sounds good. I actually forgot that I told you all that stuff. Yeah, I figured <laughs> have options. Why not? Yeah, it's all in an email. So you and I met at a party about 11 years ago. And I think you, out of all my guests, I've known you the longest out of every single person I've had on the show in the last four years. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, we met at a party in uh, near UCF in Orlando. And people in the house were doing um, pottery. There was like a pottery party. So like people were drinking to see who could make the tallest vase in like a minute and stuff. <laughs> Dude, I felt like college. Anytime I revisit that town or anywhere in Florida, it feels like college. Uh, I love it. I, I remember pottery and I remember there would be a lot of denim shirts. That's all I kind of remember from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I think you were living in L.A. at the time. And I, I think I made it out maybe like six months after that, eight months after that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, you're uh, big into punk music. You and I have gone to uh, you know shows together and stuff. We spent a lot of time talking about music and our back problems and pro wrestling. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. That just defines me, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> back problems, wrestling and punk music. That's, that's, that's me. <laughs> and uh, long blonde hair and long blonde beard. Let's talk about it. We're drinking old fashions. This is a, is this a go-to drink for you? Yeah, I, I think it's been like 12 or 12 or maybe 14 years since I've like had like soda. And I remember when I tried to cut that out of my system, I was like, all right, what, what's going to get the job done in the quickest, easiest way? And someone introduced me to old fashions a while ago. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. It's too strong. It needs Coca-Cola or it needs something. And then eventually I kind of just grew to, uh, I think as my beard grew, my appreciation for the the drink grew. Yeah, organically. Have you uh, perfected uh, making the drink? Uh, yeah, I just do it without sugar. Uh, I try to just have as little sugar as possible nowadays, and I feel like it just uh, it's just better for you. And also, like getting older, the hangovers with sugar kind of kind of brutal. So I, it's you know, for me, it's pretty pretty simple. This is kind of a dialed back one. It's literally just uh, Angel's Envy, some orange bitters uh, with a nice spherical ice cube. And that's about it. Again, trying to stay away from sugar. So it's literally like two ingredients. I had a conversation on one of the last episodes where um, we were having Manhattans and I compared it to a uh, an old fashioned. So I have made two old fashions in my life. Today is the second time I've made one. And it's not really an old fashioned. Because I, I can't go for the the sugar as well. I don't like that. So I did an artificial like Mio, like squirt Mio thing that's just like uh, Splenda. It's Splenda flavored. Whoa, interesting. Yeah, so it cuts the bitters a little bit, gets rid of the little bite of the uh, the whiskey. I feel like if you just keep going, if you just say, even if you're ordering at a bar, hey, I, I don't want sugar, and you just kind of get through it, eventually you just get used to it. Like even like old fashions right from the get-go with sugar, I was like, oh, I don't like this, but I feel like just repetition, keep doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like you just get used to it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. This is going to segue into the last time you and I hung out. Mm -hmm. I would say, what, maybe February 2020, so, mm -hmm. so January 2020, mm -hmm. we went to Anaheim and we saw the classic crime play mm -hmm. 
and basically threw my card down there and we had a lot to drink there. Yeah. Uh, that was a great night. Thank you again for driving and coming with. That was, uh, you know, that was probably the last show I think I've been to. I've probably for you as well, I would yeah. say. Great guys, great music, the classic crime. I've done a few videos for them in the past and just have been fans of them for a while. Um, I still like talk to them like all the time. Like Robbie and the band is now like a bona fide, amazing filmmaker. So we talk all the time and it's, it's so weird to see that like, you know, him as like this guy in this band who I, who I still, you know, love and appreciate. Now we talk on like a daily basis being like, Oh, what new cameras are out and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that was the last show I went to just so I can say like, Oh, that was the last, that was the last one we went to. And it was a lot of fun. And then we hung out with them afterwards in their RV and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. For many, many hours. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I probably kept it <laughs> longer than you wanted to. And I remember one time in particular, I think like, I think you whispered to me like, can I have some of their booze? And I, I kind of spoke for it because I know these guys are like my, like my brothers. I'm just like, fucking take it. Take yeah. whatever you want, man. Like, even though it wasn't my shit, but I felt like I was at home on that bus. I'm just like, yeah, take whiskey. You want to pour for you? Here you go. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I met, uh, I met them all for the first time. I, uh, the classic crime is one of my favorite bands easily in my top five. And I actually started listening to them back in 2009 because you had posted, uh, something about you doing one of their music videos mm -hmm. i was like oh cool well let me check it out and then uh and now i mean i play them every single time i'm in the car yeah great band great guys if you haven't heard of them i would get into them they're great mm. old fashions delicious yeah i think as time goes by like all great things it just gets better better with age because you know the ice kind of melts into it a little bit more keep you know kind of mellows it out, mellows it out a little bit more so yeah yeah for sure what would you say uh is better going to like a punk show drinking or a punk show sober well not even a punk show but like seeing like a live band oh you gotta have a few drinks in you yeah. um i think the show before the classic crime. I, and I could, I, who knows, I could be, it could have been actually after when we saw them, but, uh, I went with my good friend, Chris, we saw Thursday in uh, West Hollywood and, uh, we, I didn't know we were going to get so tore up, but mm -hmm. we, we were just taking shots and we were drinking. And then like when we even got in right before we, like they started, we took like, uh, we took another shot of Jameson and we had like two, two full cups and we went in there and we were banging around and it was so much fun. Cause I usually don't like get in the pits anymore. I, I just don't, yeah. there's not a lot of like bands that I just like to go. I mean, I like to just kind of go out in the back, you know, in the back and just sing along or vibe out or whatever. But like for Thursday, since they're such a throwback band and they're so they're one of my favorites of all time, we got pretty uh, tore up. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think everyone would probably agree that like all live music is probably better with a few, few, few drinks in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought you were gonna say all live music matters, and I was just gonna oh. pull the plug right here. We're done. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking a little bit about two thousand two thousands punk bands and uh, and shows and stuff. And I remember growing up, I was always like in the pit, you know. 13 14 years old like i don't care if i like get beat up or thrown on the floor or knocked over and now it's like oh no i'm i have to be in the back i have to be i'd like to be against a wall or something where i could like 
kind of lean so I don't have to stand for too long. Mm -hmm. But I definitely, definitely like having a, a drink in me. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it heightens everything. Like I, I, I like to listen to live music. I like to go to a live show completely based on like the emotion that you feel of being there. You can't hear anyone else. You're just listening to the band. And like when you have a couple drinks in you, it's like nobody even sees you. It's it's so much better. Yeah. And I think it lowers the inhibitions to like, you know, sing along and kind of either like, you know, like, you know, get moving a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. So uh, smaller shows versus festivals. Were you ever a uh, big Vans Warp Tour kind of guy or uh, Bamboozle or Coachella, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, Bamboozle, yes. Everything outside of that, no. Um, growing up, uh, we like, I don't know, I, have, I had an older brother, I, I have an older brother, Rob, who kind of was like my guide into getting into like punk music and bringing me to shows and stuff. And he's three years older than me. And as soon as he got his license, he would be, you know, I'd be, me and a few of my buddies would, you know, hop in his car and we would go to like every show. My brother went to a lot of shows and I was, I went there kind of, uh, went with him by proxy. Um, I kind of grew up like hating things like i don't know i'm from fairfield connecticut and like dave matthews band and fish were a very big thing like even in middle school and for me like i don't know i just it was immediately my friends and i were like no it's either you listen to what we listen to or nothing and we mm -hmm. hated like dave matthews band and even like when warp tour came up like even as a kid high school like you, we always heard like the posers going to Warp Tour, the people who like oh, never yeah. really went to like the the good shows. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, so excited for Warp Tour! The one freaking thing I do all year. It's like, dude, there's like a hundred shows every fucking week, yeah. and you're not going to any of them. And so it kind of just put a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, I went to one Warp Tour, and it just didn't feel right. It felt mm -hmm. like there was just a cluster of people who didn't know any of these bands who were just there, shirtless dudes, chain wallets. Um, I didn't like it. The one that I did like though was Bamboozle mm -hmm. in New Jersey. I went to one. Um, and then I kind of, after that, didn't live in the area anymore. So I didn't, I could, I just didn't fly in to go there. Um, I've been, I've been to a lot of festivals, a lot of bands that I've worked with in the past have done festivals and I would go just to, you know, to support them. But for me, it's all about a 500 cap room getting in there and just, uh, kind of having a little bit more of an intimate experience where you know that everyone there enjoys there for them yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i never went to any music festivals uh or i never went to vans uh warp tour or uh coachella but i did do bamboozle in new jersey mm -hmm. in 2009 mm -hmm. and i was on tour with a band because i had designed all their merch so i was mm -hmm. like oh i want to go on tour with them and sell it i think it'd be fun to see who's buying stuff that i made and we ended up getting into the warp tour um or sorry the um the Red Bull tent mm -hmm. and it's fancy. Just, just stayed there and just had cocktails like just endlessly. What band were you with? Uh, Amelie. Okay. Uh, uh, PD Pizarro, uh, Nate Parcel, um, Patrick Ridgen, uh -huh. and then the fourth guy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I may have might have heard of these people or these this band. Yeah, they were Orlando guys too. Okay. Um, they were kind of friends with our group of friends out there. Like, I think like our group of friends knew people who knew their group of friends. So it was mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's Orlando. You you go to Orlando and you 
see a hundred people, you know, just by going to public. So, mm-hmm. um, get a sub. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys uh, rubbed elbows at some point. Yeah. Um, most likely. So you from, from Connecticut, uh, you hated Dave Matthews band. Yeah. Have you listened to Dave Matthews band lately? Dude, like last week. And you love Dave Matthews. No, band. I played it ironically. <laughs> I played it. It's like, I, I don't know why I just played it like on all speakers on my Google home. I'm just like, we're playing this for some for some reason, I think it's just yeah. like just just to hear what it sounded like, and I was like singing along to it. And but for some reason, I think I knew like ninety percent of the words. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like, there's a lot of bands that people like love that like back in the day, like my friends and I were just like, no, we don't listen to this. Like, we don't. And like, look, I know it's like good, but like we used to like shit on Lincoln Park. Because yeah. I feel like there was a squad of people who liked them, and I'm like, "You're not like us, so we don't like that." And like they would, they yeah. they were like super fans, and we're like, "All right, then if you guys like this and we don't like you, we were very like the uh, my friends and I were very like the the Mean Girls, but like in yeah. the pop punk. I don't even want to say punk, but like the pop punk world back in high school. You guys were all in like tight pink dresses and long blonde hair. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, not a lot has changed. Yeah, I remember the the groups of people, the Lincoln Park people, and and I, I I mean Lincoln Park, they have some decent music. It's nothing I will ever put on, but if it's like on the radio, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And you kind of have, I mean, just like Dave Matthews Band, you have to appreciate what they've done. But yeah, it was always the kids in like gym class that were like smoking cigarettes next to like like indoors next to like the basketball courts. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, those are the kids that listen to Lincoln park. Yeah. I don't, they're not like me. I, I don't listen to Lincoln park. I'm glad we have that in common because I've, I've brought that up before. People are like, what? No, they're like the best. They're like the best band ever. I'm like, Oh, and they're like, Oh yeah. Well you, you, you sl- if you listen to punk, you should listen to that. I'm like, well, how that's like, they're not even the same genre. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, you don't listen to stained or disturbed or, whatever like all those bands cigarette gym class bands that's basically wow, that's, that's a really good way to put it i've never even heard that like as a genre or like as like a title to put on people but i love it that's that's great yeah dirty hooded sweatshirts with like the the sleeves a little frayed mm-hmm. yeah those people <laughs> uh growing up and you were all these like 2000 punk shows uh, 2000s punk shows that you would go to and all the bands you listen to did you go through like a phase of what you were wearing like uh did you have to show people that you were dressed as a a punk well no i feel like i like i was a i definitely in middle in middle school i was a skater so it was Mm -hmm. loose everything and if your next questions if your next question is did i have jenko jeans the answer is absolutely yes yeah. Um, so, but that wasn't high school. High school, I, I think I stopped doing that. Um, I was a little bit more conservative freshman year. I didn't want to like really stand out because uh, you know I graduated uh, 2002. So when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. my school still had it was the last year of it, but they still had like uh, Freshman Friday, and they had uh, like it, it like just just freshmen in general. You were a target. Um, my brother at that, uh, when I was a freshman was a senior. So I kind of had like carte blanche. I was like, okay. Like yeah. if people knew that, 
So I didn't, and so that kind of carried on to my friends as well. Like no one really messed with us, but like people would go after freshmen pretty hard. Uh, so I, I pretty much dressed relatively conservatively, but I think like senior year, um, I think I just like did a bunch of bullshit. And I, I just like, cause I didn't care. I really didn't care at that point. I was mm-hmm. like last year in high school, I'll, I'll probably never see half these people ever again. Yeah. Um, but I kind of mixed it up. But I definitely wore a puka puka shell necklace. And had I knew very... you were. I knew you'd be a Did puka you? shell guy. I just knew it. I knew that was coming. Yeah, and then I had super spiky hair, like Statue of Liberty hair, stood up like three or four or five inches, and I twisted it, and it just looks stupid. I'm. It just, <laughs> it just. I'm glad Google was not a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, no, right? actually, Google was a thing, but like, I'm glad that like I not a lot of photos or Facebook was like a thing back then. Oh yeah. I'm absolutely stoked that MySpace basically died because of like all the photos I had on there. I mean, I was plaid shorts, big fat skateboard shoes, uh, you know, long socks with uh, with shorts and black hoodies, long black hair, and like definitely skater kid. I was I was post Jinko jeans. Mm-hmm. I always thought Jinko jeans were more for the aggressive inline skater mm-hmm. than for skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Were you an aggressive inline skater as well? I was, and then I swapped, and then I got, I, I realized I kind of like skateboarding a little bit more, even though I was really good at inline skating. Aggressive. I, aggressive. I was aggressive with it, and yeah. you know what it was? Um, a, a lot of my friends jumped onto that, and we said, oh, let's just all get some rollerblades, and let's let's do the grinds, mm-hmm. and the 50-50s, and the, uh, dude, oh, man, just thinking about it just brings me back, but um. I remember I was like, I'm not good at this. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, like I'm a, I'm, I play every sport in the book. I'm a fast runner. I'm a good athlete, but I'm not good at this. Yeah. And I think I had like skates at the time that were like majestic. They were called like majestic twelves. And I was like, I fucking suck. And a friend of mine was just like, Hey, like you know, try mine on for a little bit. And they were uh, K2 fatties or K2 fatty pros. And I put them on, and it was like I had fucking god mode. Yeah. Like I did every trick, I did anything, and I just out of nowhere got it. Like mm-hmm. it was like I put on these fucking blades and I was borrowing a pair. And I was just like, oh my God. And the next day, I was like, all right, what is it? 300 something bucks. And this, yeah. that today in today's currency is like a million dollars. But mm-hmm. um, especially as a high school or middle school kid, I'm just like, okay, I need these. I'm going to sell, I'll cut off a pinky for these things, but I need these today. So I, I went out and uh, bought a pair and uh, I put on like the mini wheels in the center and stuff and the grind plate. And oh, uh, yeah. sure enough, after that, I was like, people would look and be like, you know, watch me do my shit and be like, that that guy's been, must have been doing this for a decade. Meanwhile, I'm 13 years old. He can yeah. shred, he can grind. And it was all the blades. And I didn't tell anyone. I just been like, yeah, man, I've been practicing. I never let it out of that. <laughs> Meanwhile, all my friends suffered and they were like terrible inline aggressive skate uh, skater. Yeah. But it was the K2 Fatty Pros. And I guarantee you, if I had those on today, I could probably do half the fucking tricks I, I did back then. Yeah. I'd probably be do, doing better with hosting the show if I had some, some K2 Fatties on uh, right now. <laughs> they, I don't know why. I think that like in my like, old house that i live in um in connecticut i don't know why but i remember one time going back and like going through stuff and my parents were like oh yeah we cleaned out the garage and i'm like okay and then i was like where am i where's my rollerblades like we throw those out you don't live here anymore i'm like 
<laughs> so I think they just legit, they, well, they probably donated it to be honest. But uh, yeah. even if I never uh, put them on again, I kind of, there's a part of me that kind of just like wants to have them mm-hmm. just, just to have them. They felt like they were like very special. Yeah. I'm pretty pissed at my mom. She got rid of my Pokemon cards. Am I ever going to play Pokemon cards again? No, I'm not. I don't even know. I don't, when I was into it in uh, middle school, I didn't even know how to play then, but it's the fact of like, this is something that I owned and I would like to know that I still have this somewhere and it's gone. It's awful. That sucks. You should talk to my younger brother about that. Cause he fucks with the Pokemon pretty hard. Um, but Oh God, you know what? That's one of the things like I never got into Pokemon. And back in the day when I used to do YouTube, uh, I mean like 2009 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I did something where like, I actually like talk shit about like Pokemon. I was just like, I was doing some kind of like video and I was like, oh, Pokemon sucks. I got so much hate. So many people like even unsubscribed from me that day because they're like, fuck you. You hate Pokemon? Fuck you. We thought you were cool. <laughs> and I just quickly learned that like the internet does love Pokemon and especially like, you know, just like my audience at the time, they, they love yeah. Pokemon. So I had to like quickly learn about, no, just just kidding you guys. I love the Charizards. I love them. Yeah. I sleep like, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Snorlax always. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be hip. Uh, it's very interesting. This is our episode is kind of, it was supposed to be about like 2000, like music and stuff. It's kind of turns, turned into an episode about nostalgia and how you and I are just like too old for shit. <laughs> I feel like at this point we're too old to just enjoy, you know, our drinks or uh, go to like a punk show and get in the pit. Just, I can't skateboard. I don't know the last time you skateboarded. Oh, I mean, look, I've had a back surgery and two ACL meniscus surgeries in the last like six or seven years. So the, I, I, I mean, look, you put me on a longboard, I'll, I'll, I'll go a couple feet, but, yeah. uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll get on the bike path and I'll ride a skateboard. But if you ask me to just do a kickflip, uh, blah, 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 like the thought of that hurts yeah. my knees. Yeah. I'm uh, borrowing my father-in-law's cowboy boots that are a size too small to film something. And I'm worried about the five feet that I have to walk in it. It's going to throw my back all out of whack. I'm going to be like out of commission for the next two or three days after this. So yeah, I've had a skateboard in my trunk for about uh, about five years now. Mm-hmm. I will not get on that. I, I think I had a skateboard in my trunk for a while. because And someone was like, asked me one time, like, why do you have that? I'm like, oh, if I ever have a park far away, I can just jump on it and go. They're like, yeah, but you don't mm-hmm. skate. And I'm like, don't tell me that. I can still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I eventually just took it out. I'm like, yeah, there's no need for this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I got my wife and myself electric scooters a couple of years ago, like the razor or the electric scooters, like uh, bird or, uh, mm-hmm. or lime scooters and perfect. Now, if we want to like run to the store, like two blocks away, we don't have to go down get in the car. We can just take our scooters there. It'll be great. So easy. Let me guess. You don't use them at all. We've used them twice. Oh, yeah. Right. You just don't use them. Yeah, we have we have them as well, but also like we live in an area where it's like where you I mean like we could we could in theory use them mm-hmm. to get like to CVS if we wanted to, but anything further than that, it's like no, get in the car. Yeah, and you're carrying things back. It's like you you can't, especially with an electric scooter. It's like you have to be hands free. If you ever try to do ride one of those with one hand, it's a disaster. You're gonna fall in five seconds. Ooh. You try to yeah. answer your phone or text someone. Don't do it. Anyone out mm-hmm. there? Don't do it. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, like we've always thought, oh, well, we'll throw them in the car if we need to, if we're going to a place where we need to ride around. But like, 
you have this idea when you buy something like that, like, oh, we'll use this all the time. And you I'm going to be fun again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be fun again. And you just never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going on a, a road trip. By the time this airs, we have will have already gone on the road trip. We're doing 12 states in 10 days. Oh, we can charge up the scooters. And we're going to like uh, Mount Rushmore, Grand Canyon, uh, all the places around here, uh, you know, within a 10-day drive. And I was like, yeah, we can park the car and take the scooters just a little bit, drive around, you know, Moab and like see all the rock formations and stuff. And then, you know, my wife is smart and says, no, about we're, it. Not, we're not going to do it. We've got the dogs. Oh, it's yeah. going to be so hot. We're going to have to charge them. You can only go. I think they die after 15 miles. So it's like, are we going to go get stranded somewhere in the desert? And so we need to sell them. How much did you pay for them? Um, I got them for 350 each with a two-year warranty included. Mm-hmm. So I didn't break the bank, but it was still like a, a decent purchase. I mean, it's like you getting your your blades back in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. $300 thing, but I'll, we'll never use these. They're sitting next to me on the floor under my desk. They've been there for two years. Oh, I hate when, and I bet you that when you like ordered them and when you got them, you were very excited about it. Yeah. Don't you hate that? It's like, I hate when like there's a thing that you want or that you're like, I need this either for like fun or for work. Like for me with cameras, I buy stuff all the time and I'm like, this is a justified purchase. I need this mm-hmm. for work. It's going to help me with my craft. And then like, I think the idea of buying something, I think everyone kind of like has this in them. Where they're like, oh yeah, it's coming. I really want this thing. And then you get it and you're just like, okay. And you, maybe you use it for like five minutes, but you're like, I will use this. And all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm just, I'm just not, not using this. Yeah. You were just saying this, uh, you know, you, you're like, oh, I need this for my craft. So I pretty much just, stick to like if i purchase something that's not food or alcohol is this something i can make money using so like a new computer i just bought a new keyboard can i make money using this thing will it pay itself off mm-hmm. and that's that's got to be my new mentality of yeah i'm not going to ride these scooters anymore i'm not going to ride a skateboard anymore like i don't need to buy anything for that so it's like okay i have to be a, a lot more practical a lot more practical than I was back in the 2000s when we were going to punk shows. That's a really good way to put it. Just like, if can I make money with this? And yeah, uh, yeah and just being practical in general. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, like, I love having as much gear as possible. But at the same time, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm constantly on Craigslist trying to hawk stuff off. Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, like, I can pay a DP X amount of dollars to come out and he will have everything. I, yeah. I'm trying my best to live as minimal as possible. Um, I try every day, but then every yeah. day I buy new shit. That, like sometimes I need, sometimes I don't. But like the other day, like I'd like to just kind of live like as minimal as possible. I got rid of my. I had a Mac Pro, the old uh, garbage can Mac, and I just said I don't like the fact that this is outside of the screen. So I got now I have an iMac Pro just because I want like, yeah. less things on my desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being frugal, I guess, you know, with the same mentality is, is this going to make me money? Like even with the liquor. So the liquor I'm drinking now, luckily this show pays for the liquor. Like, you know, doing this show gives me money to buy liquor to like still make it work. So even me buying my drinks for the show, I'm still making money. So do you get get paid by liquor companies to do stuff or... 
Um, I mean, when it was a live show uh, years ago, yes. But now, you know, through ads and through the store, um, that's where the, the money's coming from. Well, I can use the money from this to buy more stuff to put into the show because the show is not taking from my normal paycheck and the show's just not, you know, sitting there. So it's kind of the same thing. Can I make money with this purchase? And I can with liquor. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to like just live your life in general. Can I like, you know, and again, like talking about minimalism and stuff, just like, yeah, you, you don't, you don't really need a lot. Yeah. 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 I love to collect things like, um, I was just saying this on an uh, earlier episode. I just bought all of the new AEW uh, unrivaled series one action figures, just because I like to collect certain things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 1990 star Wars toys and uh, you know, all elite wrestling uh, action figures. Uh, now that they're coming out. But other than that, everything's a, can I make money with this purchase? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing I really collect, I don't really collect too much stuff. Um, is like the Funko heads. Um, I only have a few of them, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, all I, I, you know, I started with like, again, it's not a collection. It's like, I have like eight of them. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, Brie Bella, Bo, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> from BoJack Horseman, <laughs> yep. um, the bad guy from Black Panther, and The Undertaker. What was it? Killmonger? Yeah. That was his name? And I The Undertaker? So. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, and I have Walter White as well. Walter White. Oh, okay. oh, I do want to talk about this. Since, since you just said Walter White, one thing that I absolutely love that you and your brothers do every year for Christmas is you guys do a brother family photo with Santa – and it's themed mm-hmm. every single year. Mm-hmm. And I always look out for it while I've got you on the show and thinking about it. How did this come into play? And can you tell uh, the listeners a, a few of the things that you guys have done? For sure. Um, however, last year, I think we just did not do it at all. And the year prior, um, since I wasn't coming back, they actually got a stand-in for me, which was amazing. Yep. Um, I love going back to Connecticut in general. I love seeing my family. I have like an amazing relationship with like my mom, my dad, my older brother, my younger brother. And just, I love the feeling of coming back. I think everyone loves the feeling of, Hey, if you moved out of, you know, your, your hometown or your home state and you come back, there's just like, there's something magical when you like, you go back the last two years, I have not gone back. So again, this, I think last year, um, they did not do anything, which is, which is, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. And then mm-hmm. the year before that, they actually got a stand in. They actually, my brother went on Tinder, posed as a cute girl and then got someone who looked like me. And so like, look straight up, this is the deal We're we need you for a photo. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm in. And they even offered to pay him or something. And he didn't take it, but yeah, he looked really similar to me. It was pretty funny. I, I still, to this day, want to meet him and shake his hand and be like, mm-hmm. Dude, that's, that's, that was awesome. It was really cool of this guy to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it started that like we just went out when we did a, a photo and we made a weird fit. My brothers and I, we went out and did a Santa photo and we made like a weird face. But we thought like it would be cool to give it to our parents or to like my mom or our mom. And we, uh, I think that she was like, oh my God, I, I did the, look at the faces you guys are doing. Why would you do And Santa's making that face too. Um, but she's like, oh, but I like it. And then like next year we're like, all right, what can we do 
And like my older brother Rob is like the brains behind majority operation. Mm-hmm. We would all agree to it, but he would usually like he would be so excited months in advance. It wasn't even like Halloween yet. He's like, this is what I'm thinking for the Santa photo and we'll do this. And we would kind of just base it on like what was going on that year or um, or just like, hey, let's just dress up as like luchadors or, yeah. you know, one year when Breaking Bad was a big thing, let's dress up in hazmat outfits. Uh, one year we did um, juggalos. Um, one year we were protesters. Uh, they, I mean, there was a lot that we did. One time we, 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 we uh, wore like sleeping masks and we're like sleeping with Santa. We had a blanket and stuff. Um, but every year we did it, I just like, I was kind of like the voice of reason where I'm like, hey, we can't go into the mall with masks or we can't go into the mall with hazmat suits. Yeah, It's just, just the temperature of everything in the world going on. And my older brother would be like, fuck you, you pussy. We got to go. I don't care if people call the cops. I don't care if they call the bomb squad. We got to go. We're dressing up in hazmat suits. I'm like, and wearing masks. I'm like, oh my God. No, and he would get really upset with me. Meanwhile, our uh, the youngest brother would just be like, I'm cool with whatever happens. Like he would yeah. just play it right in the middle or my older brother would be like, fuck you. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get arrested. And Mitch is like, oh, you can do whatever you want. I don't, I don't really care. Like, let's yeah. go. I don't think there's a problem with it. There's a problem. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, like, you know, every year we would uh, do that. Thank you. So, I mean, like even thinking about it, like I, uh, it's, it's it brings back a funny. Yeah, it brings back a lot of good memories. We had a lot of uh, fun doing it every year. And we always get like people like taking photos or taking videos. And I think uh, one of the years we did it, the, the guy who was taking photos with it was like, I'm taking a photo with you guys. So he took a selfie and then uh, it's uh, other people were just like taking photos with us, which is like yeah. cool to see that like people were like into it. Yeah. And is it the same Santa every year? Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. they'll see they'll see us coming from a mile away and be like, those are the guys. Um, Arrest them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, uh, I think for like three or four years in a row, we got the same Santa and we kept telling them, we'll be back next year. And I think we, like, sometimes we even like ask for them by name because I think we like get their name and stuff. Oh, wow. I think there's been like one or two years where they're just not into it. And we ask them like, hey, can you, can you do this? Can you mm-hmm. pose? And like, that's like, uh, that's might be a gang sign. So I don't want to do it. Yeah. One year we were, when we were the Luch doors, I think my older brother had like an American flag and it like, it like touched the floor. And he was just like, do not let that flag touch the floor. And he's like, Oh no, no, don't worry about it. It's a, it's a replica or something. And like, he got like upset and didn't really play ball with us that year. Cause you know, a lot of these Santas, they're like vets and stuff, which, you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah, no problem with that. Yeah, but um, I, I mean, I get, I just get worried every time we do it because like my older brother always wants to push the limits, and I'm a little bit more on the conservative side, being like, oh, people yeah. will, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I don't know. We're gonna take a quick break, and then when we return, I want to talk a little bit about your shorts. You are my person. You are my person, or you, your? No, you are. Nailed it. And uh, Dan's gonna share a drinking story with us, so we'll be right back. It's just, it's different. No. My situation. No. It's different because no, it's my wife. Not. Yes, it no, is. No, it's yeah. not. No, it's not. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Chelsea, this isn't an affair. What we have is unique. I can't. 
care so much about you, but I can't help but feel like we're starting to outgrow this. Our lives are giving us an opening, and you're just gonna stay in your comfortable no, little space? Sit around, wandering what if for the rest of your life? If that's what you want, that is fine. It's not what but I But I am here right now. You Are My Person, a film by Dan Doby, now available. Dan, you did a short that you let me see, and I watched it, and I absolutely loved it. It's called You Are My Person. You worked on it for a while. I know you were doing it at festivals, kind of pitching or shopping it around, but tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so... um yeah, You Are My Person is uh, a project that was like a long time coming. Um, it's a short film, but it's in a weird space because it's like around 23 minutes and shorts are anywhere from like, you know, 5 to 12 to 15 minutes. So this is a little bit longer. Um, I, when I had the first cut of it, I just said, oh, you know, should I make this shorter? And then like, I asked myself once when I looked at the timeline and said, oh, it's 23 minutes. I said, should I make this shorter? And I said, I'm, I just, for some reason, just had a conversation with myself. I said, this is what the film was supposed to be. It's not going to fit within any timelines or time restraints. I mean, if yeah. the festival needs it below 20 or 15, I can make a version of it. But like the, the version that I want to be out there is, is what it is. Um, some people said, Oh yeah, well that's, you know, that's just long for a short. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, that's just it's pizza. I mean, again, it's a short film, but at the same time, it's like, this is just something that I wanted to make. So it can, it can kind of double as like kind of a pilot episode as well because it lives in that uh, time space. But yeah. yeah, I had the idea for several years and finally kind of got pushed into doing it. And um, yeah, it's uh, to date my best piece of work ever that I've ever done. And anything that I've, it's like, I'm, I'm currently building a new website and a part of me is just like, I just want to have that be like my website, just like, go, yeah. Hey, go watch this. So that's what mm -hmm. I kind of want to be known as for several years. I did, you know, for over a decade, I did music videos with a lot of punk and hardcore, uh, bands. And even I did a lot of stuff with rap as well, but, uh, yeah, you are my person is just a pretty much, um, what I, I mean, what I'd like to be known as, as a filmmaker, but you know, in the future, this is the kind of stuff and the content that I kind of want to put out. I don't want to, talk too much about it um, if people haven't seen it, but yeah. it's a project that's been near and dear to my heart and still is to this day. Um, it's interesting because even like, you know, when I shot when I shot it, there was a few scenes where I was actually like tearing up and a lot of the crew was tearing up too. And it's only happened, I think, two other times in the editing process where I've actually like teared up while editing something. Um, and I, if that can happen, I, I don't know. I was just probably, it was just a very emotional thing for me just to make this thing and to see it come to fruition. So when like we finally wrapped production on it, I like, we, the final scene was like in our house and I just went to my room and I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy that I got it done. Cause it, for me, yeah. it was like a major accomplishment. Um, everything, I mean, there was a lot of hurdles to go over and a lot of things went wrong. And I know that whether you're doing a feature or short or music video or anything like expect the worst like things do and will um go go south yeah but there was a lot of things that like i don't even think i could like speak of publicly that that happened during this shoot that really was just like you know i had to check myself mm -hmm. and be like oh wow like yeah i've been doing this my entire life i've been, I've been making uh, i've been doing content and being like a more of a service provider 
But when I put up my own money and I started doing this and problems started happening, I mean, nine times out of 10, when you're on a set and you're like, oh, don't worry about it. Well, it's, it's these people's problem. At the end of the day, I'm going to sleep like a baby because it's their problem. Yeah. But like when it's your problem and it's your money and people are acting up on set and someone's saying something, you know, it's like I kind of had to check myself being like, I, this, this, this might not be for me. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, like I think the end result um, made me think, uh, you know, the exact opposite where you just have to keep pushing and stuff. I'm really happy with it. If you haven't seen it or you were interested in it, just go to youaremypersonfilm.com. Immediately watching this, uh, within the first like minute, I was like, I like these two people who are telling the story right now. This is a fun thing to watch. I don't know where it's going, but it's entertaining and I'm in. And uh, I had absolutely no problems with with doing the, It was you said it was around like 25 minutes or so? Yeah, like 23, yeah. Yeah, and I... I I had no problem because it was like, cool. I want to see what's going on with these two people. I want them to tell their story. This is great. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If anyone does not thoroughly enjoy it, don't even listen to my show because <laughs> it's <laughs> it was it was very good. I, I liked it a lot. From the process, what would you say? You know, what was the most favorite part of you working on this? Was it the the writing stage, the filming stage, the editing? um reaction uh from releasing it what what do you uh what would you say uh, well i think like the highlight first off thank you for all of those uh nice words you said about it i think the highlight for me um i mean there's definitely phases of it but the best moment i i think i i had was um when we did the screening um oh. when we did the screening of it in la the first time it was ever seen by like all like my friends um a lot of people came out I and mean, it was at a film festival, Silicon beach film festival of 2019. And it was like, just to see the turnout and to see the reaction. I think that that was probably like, um, you know, I'm like, I'm in a theater full of people. And I'm like sinking into my chair, like glancing at people being like, are they liking it? This and that. Yeah. But like, you can tell people were like laughing when they, when they should have, they were, um, crying when they should have, but uh, yeah. they were silent when they should have been. But uh, I think hearing the overall reaction and then afterwards uh, going into the Dave and Buster's where everyone had like, we had like, the, it was like an unofficial after party, but everyone's like, that's the closest bar. Let's just go. Let's get weird. It's yeah. like, it shares the same walls as in the theater. And when I walked in and people just started like clapping and been like one by one, like, saying how how they felt about it and spending time with people and hearing what they thought about it and just how deeply it affected a lot of people. I had people like hit me up and, um, you know, that night, but also other times when I released the film to tell me how, how they felt about it. And then mm-hmm. like it, it shook them like that to me is the most rewarding process. But again, like, you know, producing it was, was fun. I mean, just the overall process of it, it's work. A lot of people like, well, if like, if you want to know if you want to be a filmmaker or not, write a script, put your own money into it, cast it yourself, like do all those steps and do it and see what happens. Cause you're going to hit roadblocks all over the place. And it's just about adapting to it. Yeah. So, um, you know, producing it, I had a good time doing that, just seeing everything kind of come together. I mean, is it a, it's a pain to get permits and permission and, and just when you're think it's going to cost, you know, X amount and it costs, 10 times that amount it's like that mm-hmm. that gets annoying uh but 
shooting it was great. Um, I I had to do that so much pre-pro. I had like a whole pre-biz of, of what I wanted to do. So I knew exactly shot for shot, everything that I wanted to do. Um, and then when I, when I finally had a version, actually, like I just said, let me just get, let me just throw something on, uh, you know, on premiere. It doesn't have to be the best. Let me just do it. And like, when I started just cutting it, you know, it, it took a while, but also it came, it came pretty organically. And when I finally had like my first cut, I'm like, I don't know how much I have to really do to this yeah. aside from sound design, do the score, um, color correction and all that stuff. But like the bones were there. And when I saw that coming and without even coloring it or doing sound design or any music, I'm like, if the bones are here, we're in good shape. Mm-hmm. So to see it grow from script to production to post and then see it in front of people, um, for me, it was like, you know, it was, it was a major accomplishment. It was seeing something, an idea come to fruition and putting people, you know, in a theater and having them watch it. It was like, wow, I actually did this. Like, I knew it was possible. I've done every single step of the way beforehand, whether it was, I was cutting feature films or I was like shooting for another short or another feature. I was like B cam or on this film or something. Um, but to, for when it was finally me and I said, you know what, I'm not going to take anyone's money. I'm not going to take anyone else's opinion. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do to see that come to fruition. I think, yeah, the flagship moment was when we released it uh, or had, had the, uh, had the premiere of it. That was probably like my, my finest moment, I would say, as far yeah. as like how it felt in my heart. But yeah. You obviously got the uh, reaction that you wanted. And in my opinion, you got the reaction that you deserved because I, I find this to be a very entertaining story. And do you think that this is going to be this specific uh, project? You are my person. Is this something that you want to move on uh, into a new phase or because of this process, do you want to move on to a new story, uh, a new challenge? Um, all good questions and all, and I constantly think of what I want to do with this, whether I want to just say, Hey, one and done, it's a short film and that's it, or make it into a series or make it into a series that doesn't really follow these characters. It's more of like a black mirror situation where it kind of deals with relationships, real stories and real things that happen mm-hmm. that no one really kind of like talks about. Yeah. Um, I might be leaning towards the latter, to be honest. Um, you know, we're, we're coming up in, uh, in December will be two years since I've shot it, shot it. And I just released it this past June. So, um, um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't want to say bang for buck, but I think that it just might make sense to keep the story where that is. Um, I mean, I do, I have written so many log lines for other, uh, for other episodes and, and uh, storylines I wanted to do continuing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I might just keep you or my person kind of like a series and yeah. it's kind of, write different chapters of different people and stuff and just have it kind of follow a same, a similar vibe um, and tone. Yeah. I think that's great. I'll definitely watch whatever's next. So we're at the point where let's get into drinking a little bit. You know, we've had two now you watched me do a shot and uh, that was fun, but share a drinking story with us. You know, as a filmmaker, I, I kind of do a lot of things. I produce, I shoot, I edit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during a time in my uh, early to mid-20s, I was an editor of a lot of music videos. Rock, uh, hardcore, punk, and a lot of rap. Yeah. And I had some ridiculous clients I worked for. You know, this isn't the best story in the world, but, like, I can edit with a blindfold on. Uh, just by hearing, like I, I, I actually have never done it, but I, I guarantee if you put a blindfold on me, I could probably figure out how to do it. Yeah, I edit every single day of my life, and I'm 
I'm extremely quick at it. Audio or video as well? Uh, I mean, I will edit audio, but just very minimal stuff. But it's just yeah. it's mostly just like video editing. So Something the video, yeah. So X amount of years ago, I get a call from this ridiculous client who will not hesitate to call you on repeat at two a.m. to say, mm -hmm. "We need another cut. We need another version. I want the client to be happy." Blah blah blah. And this is again, I'm working with. There was, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg, Soldier Boy, Ice Cube, Ice T, all of this music that I really didn't really love, but it paid the bills pretty well. Yeah. And I remember coming home one night and having an email, and I was actually pretty, uh, uh, I was I was pretty drunk, and I remember like uh, coming home, getting this email, and I was just I couldn't even see straight. And I just said to myself, like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. You can, and I didn't write this, but I just said, I'm going to bed. Yeah. And I woke up in the morning and um, the, and this is like a, a good, I guess, problem to have. But um, I woke up in the morning to an email. It was like, I was like hungover because I was like just pissed drunk, mid twenties, LA, not yeah. giving a shit, whatever. And I got an email being like, the cut's approved. Great job. And I'm just like, Oh, they, uh, they must have just forgot about the notes and just said, fuck it. Like whatever. Yeah. Um, sure enough, like I did the notes, but I did it blacked out drunk and they actually loved it. So I, I'm pretty much <laughs> just like replaying what must have happened. And I'm just probably like, oh, fuck it. Just, 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 just cut here. I did export upload. Good night. Fuck you. And so sure enough, when I like actually backtracked my, my moves, I actually did all the edits. I did all the notes pretty much like blackout drunk. Which goes to show you that I'm that that's and again I, I you know what you're doing I, I yeah I don't pat <laughs> myself on the back here but like I can pretty much edit with like a blindfold on which essentially happened because I was like blackout blackout drunk when I happened yeah that's amazing yeah where is it that we can find your uh, your short what's the URL cool you are my person film .com is where you can find it it is available on YouTube as well as Amazon Prime. And uh, any social media that you want to share uh, for the film or for yourself? Yeah, I mean, if you follow me, you probably just find the other stuff pretty simply. Uh, I don't really post too often, but yeah, my uh, socials are just at Dan Doby. That's D-A-N-D-O-B-I. And uh, the film socials are You Are My Person Film. Um, I'm going to kind of try to kind of post a little more consistently on that, especially since I haven't even made the announcement that we're on Amazon Prime now. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that once this becomes a series and I start making more stuff, we're going to be posting from there as well. Great. Uh, we'll be sharing it as well. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. Dan Doby, everyone. This is where I add the clapping in. Be sure to follow us on social media at H-A-D-W-M. Tell your friends to listen to us on iTunes and Spotify under Have a Drink With Me. Hey, check out our store, shop.hadwm.com. Thanks for listening.